0: it's playoff time big stakes bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings' pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full
1: Hello and welcome to the Ice Skies, brought to you
2: by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy
1: Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Thursday, May 20th. The Stanley Cup playoffs roll on. Uh, Alex B. Smith, Ian Cameron with you. Alex B. Smith joining me as as usual as well. And we have a special guest by request. And it, it tells you that, hey, um, we, we do good by our viewers. We do good by our listeners. Uh, he, he requested his appearance on this edition of the ice guys on a Minnesota wild playoff game day for game three of this series between the golden Knights and the wild. And we have uh, a to his request, uh, Terry Edelman uh, joining us, Minnesota wild, uh, fanatic Supreme, Uh, Terry, uh, welcome in. Uh, How are you feeling on a Minnesota wild game day in a big game three with the series tied one, one against Vegas. Thanks uh, for
3: having me again, Ian. Uh, I'm super excited for tonight's game. Um, I'm really confident the Wild are going to get it done. Uh, so I'm totally ready for tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Minnesota, you could say they could be up 2 nothing right now uh, in this series because game one, they they were victorious. You could have said that could have went to Vegas too, but you also said the Vegas win in game two could have went to Minnesota. Uh, and Minnesota did have the edge and shots in that game. And I thought just had as many, if not more, quality chances than Vegas. So good stuff. Uh, in that series. And if you're Minnesota, you're feeling good. He got the split, and now you're back home at the XL Energy Center uh, and ready for Game 3. Uh, Alex B. Smith, um, we're going to get to some stuff you know, about last night first. We're going to do a recap yeah. of last night's action. I have some stuff to say about last night's action. There's a couple of rants I'm going to get to about what we saw in the playoffs last night. But Alex B. Smith has a rant for a different reason uh, right now uh, to talk about a certain in-game betting article and the nonsense being spewed in it that you cannot profit from it and that it's too difficult to make a live bet and hope to win with it, which is the most absurd thing we've ever heard in our lives because we basically disprove that on a daily and nightly basis. We already pro- disproved it two nights ago on the BetCast. Uh, Alex, talk about this, a certain, a certain Sean Shapiro and the article he just wrote recently about in-game live NHL betting.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, Sean Shapiro, he writes for The Atlantic. Uh, he does NHL business. And so he's basically – we started this article off by saying – he's writing basically about how the NHL needs to use sports betting to boost uh, its profile, you know, as one of the four major sports to try to increase revenue, increase TV exposure, and so forth, which he's right about that, that, you know, this is definitely an avenue. We talk about it on this show constantly, how there's people who, uh, you know, found – you know, discovered sports betting on hockey or even discovered watching hockey at all based on our show because they were betting on it and winning money. So uh, that is definitely an avenue to go for. But he also states, he says that hockey is not built for in-game wagering, saying that it's too fast, too unpredictable, that the timing uh, doesn't allow itself uh, to, to bet for games. Like I said, we've disproved that on a, on a nightly basis. I've been crushing in-game betting in the NHL for the last two seasons, uh, and it's pro- proven and documented uh, how well I've done with that, as well as many others. Ian's done well with that. Like I said, we have a live bet cast that we did <laughs> just nights ago, and we're doing one coming up again soon uh, that disproves that. You, know, you can win betting in-game on hockey. If you watch the game, pay attention to the game enough, uh, you know this. But then later on in the article, he's also talking to uh, one of the NHL executives who's um, basically in charge of trying to expand uh, different things with analytics and, and in-game stats and so forth, saying that eventually they want the books to start posting things like uh, who, who's the fastest skater on the ice, who has the hardest shot going uh, you know, in the game uh, and, and making that a, a live wager option. That's something that's actually virtually impossible to try to register and figure out. Uh, and, and it would basically be, you know, lining up to have a bunch of sucker bets, uh, which is what the books would want. Obviously, the books don't want, you know, people like us, you know, picking away at them because we, we know the, the softness of the lines and, and we understand the timing better than they do. Uh, but to have to suggest that this is such a difficult sport to bet live and then so, you know, bring up something like, oh, let's bet on who has the hardest shot in the game you know, shit that you bet on for, like, all-star Friday night or whatever. No real gambler is going to be betting on, on, on these things. Uh, and the fact that he would just suggest that is is absolutely insane. So, uh, Sean Shapiro, uh, I'm, I'm welcoming you to our next uh, BetCast. Please, I, I, I've already, you know, tagged you uh, on Twitter. So if you can follow me back. And if you're willing to join us and, and watch and see, you know, some actual sports gamblers win money at betting uh, in-game
1: and, and we can prove you wrong in person. The invitation has been Mm sent. The red carpet's been rolled out. Um, There we have it. Uh, So there you go. You can see firsthand how we're cashing in next goal, next team to score uh, in-game bets. We're cashing in live uh, totals like I did the other night with over three and a half with Minnesota-Vegas when it was two to one uh, in that game at the time. Uh, We even do some live goal score props, live sides, draw in-game. Yeah, I can't win at live in-game betting. Yeah, I can't do it. It's impossible. That's why I cashed with draw plus two twenty live during the second period of Boston Washington last night. Right? Can't win. Right? Can't win. Yeah. Uh, what? What? What a bunch of yeah. garbage that is. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly, clearly I, fl- I flipped the coin last night. Day.
2: Yeah, I, I clearly flipped the coin in the last two nights where I've literally been on this program and said this is what I'm going to bet live, and then that number pops up and I bet it live and cash it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just throwing
1: darts at the wall apparently. Yeah, live betting, there's a there's a science to it. And the science is very simple. Watch the game. Watch the game. It's really that simple. If you watch the game and you see how it, the game flow is transpiring and you see who's carrying the play, who's possessing the puck more, Who's getting the higher danger chances? Who's testing the opposing goalie more uh, in these games? There are betting opportunities to be made live in-game that you can absolutely 100% capitalize on and profit from regardless of what anybody else says if you watch the games. And we've proven that. We proved it on the BetCast the other night. I welcome everybody to join us Friday night so we can prove it again because I will make it official right now. Our next Betcast Friday night, tomorrow night, six thirty PM Eastern Time. We're looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, and and you know, like I said, it's no secret. You know, I've literally written an article about this at the beginning of the season uh, on how to bet in game in the NHL. You you can Google it and find it. So the fact that he just you know was suggested is, is absurd.
1: May I re- reference? I was calling him Sean Shapiro because the Blue Jays president is pronounced Shapiro, Mark Shapiro. I know some people say Shapiro, but you know Shapiro, Shapiro, tomato, tomato, right? Uh, you know whatever it is. But regardless, um, Sean, listen to us, please. You can make money with live in-game betting. You're going to lose some. I don't, of course, you're going to lose some. You're not going to win them all. But say you can't win at all. You can't win anything with live in-game NHL betting is absolutely absurd. You know, it's simple as that. And I ref- I would refer Sean to Alex's well written article that he wrote uh, on NHL live betting. Read that read that stuff, and, and then basically uh, get it you know get it through your mind, get it through your brain that you can absolutely uh, make money uh, with live in game betting based on a, a series of different ways you can go about it. So uh, well said, Alex. Uh, we'll move on. And again, as I mentioned just a second ago. Um, We do have the Ice Guys Betcast, the second one scheduled tomorrow night on Friday, 6.30pm Eastern time. Again, note the start time 630 Eastern because that's when the uh, Boston-Washington game begins tomorrow night. Game four of that series with the Bruins leading two games to one. So we've got that game. uh, We're going to have Colorado-St. Louis tomorrow night. We're going to have Winnipeg- Edmonton tomorrow night. And we're going to have Nashville-Carolina tomorrow night. So uh, looking forward to the Friday night Betcast. Tuesday was a a ton of fun and if you miss Tuesday night's BetCast for whatever reason then join us Friday night for sure Uh, definitely looking forward to it no question about that so Friday night 6.30pm Eastern time we'll try to go as late as possible just like we did Tuesday night till the end of the I think the latest game uh, is St. Louis Colorado uh, on Friday night so we'll try to go right till the end of that one uh, tomorrow night on the BetCast so looking forward to that Uh, let's recap last night first Uh, Boston Washington uh, that was a funny scene there that we saw at the end of that game. Uh, we saw the uh, Bruins, of course, end up with the victory, a misplay, a gaff by Ilya Samsonov and miscommunication between him and defenseman Justin Schultz turning the puck over and Craig, Sim, uh, Craig Smith. Uh, takes it and ends up wrapping it around for the uh, Samsonov caught out of the net, nobody in position, and he gets the game-winning goal uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins, uh, and they take game three of the series by a score of 3-2. to Uh, Look, it's been a one-goal game. It's been three straight overtime games in the Bruins-Capitals series. So you may just want to start betting the draw right away. Uh, each game in this series moving forward, because somehow, some way, uh, these two teams have found their way to get to overtime. And I kind of sensed we were in the making for another overtime game because I didn't bet it pregame, but I hopped on it live during the second period, and I posted it on Twitter. Draw plus two twenty uh, in game, uh, and we ended up getting it. And the uh, Bruins a big win. Look, Boston probably deserved the win. I thought because the way they the first period it could have been three nothing Boston. You know, with uh, the the chances they had. Samsonov was incredible. Uh, Brendan Dillon, he blocks a shot off his skate, and it would have been a wide-open net to score for Marshawn, if not for that. I mean, Boston could have been up 3-0 in that game after the first period. Unfortunately for Samsonov, he basically takes a big giant shit on his great night that he had, especially in the first period with that horrible giveaway and gaffe that he had uh, in overtime. So unfortunate way to wreck what had been an outstanding night in net for Ilya Samsonov. And how about Ovi giving him the gears giving him the lip service after that mistake. He was he was yelling something angrily in Russian, you know, in his native tongue at, at Ilya Samsonov. You could tell, like, what the fuck are you doing, guy, in Russian, is probably what he was saying. You know, you got you can't make that mistake in overtime of a playoff game. Uh, give the puck away and miscommunicate uh, with your defenseman. But it, it happened that way, and Boston gets the win. Uh, Terry Edelman, uh, what are your thoughts on that game? I know you're a Wild fan, but you're here on the show today, start to finish. We got to get your NHL thoughts overall. What do you think, Boston, Washington?
3: Uh, well, I'm really happy it went to OT. I've uh, bet OT all three games for that series. So I'm three for three in OT in that series. And I'll tell everybody right now I'm betting OT the rest of that entire series every game because these two teams are so evenly matched um, that I like. That's why they've gone to OT, right? They're so evenly matched. Uh, I was also on the Caps, um, Caps money line as well, so it sucked the ending of the game. But uh, yeah, draw is the best thing to go, best way to go in that series for sure.
1: No doubt it has been uh, Alex uh, Boston up two to one in the series. I mean, I have the Bruins in the series. Uh, I don't know if you. I think did you, uh, did you take the Bruins in the series, Alex? I didn't bet it, but as far as like for bracket challenge and everything, I have the Bruins winning the Stanley yeah. Cup,
2: so yeah. so definitely need them to, uh, to to take care of business here, and they, and they did, but, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, I'm, I'm worried now. I should have been tailing these, these uh you know, uh, regulation draws the whole time, but I feel like if I do it now, chances are they you'll be the first game to not go to overtime, so uh, if you've already been on it like Terry has, then yeah, by all means, yeah, keep on riding it, because... Uh, you know you still still up quite a bit uh even if you just betting a single unit on it. So that being said, uh, a great effort by Boston to, you know, get that that kind of a gritty win that, you know, one of these teams really is gonna have to step up and and try to put a game away in regulation. Uh, you know, you you don't want this to be a back and forth beat down because these these you know periods will take a toll on you now. We're talking about, you know, four periods, four periods, five periods. And you know, we saw it happen uh with that Columbus Tampa Bay series uh, last year. We've seen them with a couple other series where, you know, those, those, you know, periods start to add up over time and they
1: come back to bite you later in the postseason. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and we'll have to see if Washington can bounce back. It's a big race now for this Washington or big game coming up for this Washington team coming up three, one, they want to avoid that deficit in game four. We'll be on the BetCast tomorrow night, seeing if the capitals can, uh, uh, avoid a three, one series deficit in this series. Uh, Thoughts for me will be brief on this next game, Carolina-Nashville last night. I mean, Nashville played pretty good. They got stronger as they went on. But look, Alex Nedeljkovic just absolutely scintillating uh, in that. Give give credit to the Carolina PK unit last night. I mean, they were in the penalty box that whole night pretty much in that game. And R- Rod Brindamore a- actually said it, and I knew he wouldn't be happy with the amount of penalties his team took. He shouldn't have been happy. I mean, you g- gave this team like almost half – double-digit opportunities on the power play, too many Luckily, Nashville is miserable on the power play. They have been all season, and they couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, And Carolina got the goaltending they needed. And look, Nashville had a chance and couldn't break the door down, and Carolina gets the victory uh, in game two to go up 2-0 in that series. That could be four straight, five max, in my opinion, at this point. I think it's going to be very tough. I know Nashville, going back home, going to get a little energy boost from that great crowd there where they're going to have 12,000 people, pretty good attendance figure for that Game three and four in Nashville, same numbers that Carolina was able to have uh, in attendance uh, for their first two home games. But they're in trouble. I mean, Carolina is just the superior team. The deeper team, the bet, one through six, the blue line is better. The goaltender's been a little bit better than UC Saros. Nedeljkovic has outplayed uh, uh, Saros in this series. And I trust the game-breakers offensively of Carolina more than Nashville. Look, Aho, Svechnikov, Taravainen, Trocek, they're showing up. What are you getting out of Johansson, Duchesne? Even for- Forsberg scored in game one quiet last night. Uh, what are you getting from those big guns in Nashville? Absolutely nothing. Johansson and Duchesne didn't even show up on the expected goal charts for Carolina in that game last night, which showed you they did jack shit all right, in that hockey game last night. Same as always from those two uh, stiffs when it comes to playoff hockey, as far as I'm concerned. Terrible from those two. Terrible considering what they're getting paid. And Nashville goes down at two nothing uh, in the series. Uh, Alex, it looks like it's gonna be a quick one here, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. And uh
1: that, I would be happy with a sweep.
2: Like I said, I bet the under five and a half uh for amount of games in the series. And uh that's what it seems like. And you know, if, if if Nashville's going to win a game, it's gonna have to be game three. There's a, a couple scenarios right now where it seems like uh if they don't if a team doesn't win a game three, they're gonna be done. Uh and that's definitely the case with, with Nashville. Like so they hung tough. Uh, you know, keep it one nothing in that game uh, last night, but like I said, it's just still this, Carolina's just got too much speed, too much uh, of everything right now, or, and you know, like I said, Nashville was lucky to, to get in uh, with the run that they had, and you know, people talked about how the Central was a weaker division, uh, and they were able to kind of beat up on those uh, bottom feeders late in the year, uh, and then even when they played Carolina, Carolina already, you know, clinched the division, so they had nothing to play for, so you know, some, some of those wins a little bit, you know, kind of uh, just, you know, paper wins, basically. And, and
1: we're starting to see that now in the series. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Terry, what did you have on this series before it began from a betting standpoint? What's your thoughts on the series overall?
3: Um, I was on Carolina. I'm, I'm on Carolina to win the series. Uh, and a few uh, series parlays I have going on. And I was on Carolina regulation last night. So I was happy how uh, the game finished. I do think Nashville, I don't think Nashville's getting swept. I think they're going to win one of these two home games. Nashville has a really good uh, fan base at home, and I think they're going to squeak out a win, but I, I do think it's King of Carolina in five games is uh, is what I'm thinking. But uh, I do think Nashville will maybe get to OT, maybe get a win in uh, game three or four. I could, see, I could see them getting one win, but Carolina's in the driver's seat in the series for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, look, um, I, I see, and a lot of times when the superior team wins the first two at home, and I think they're going to win the series. A lot of times, I say, you know what? Maybe they lose Game Three uh, when the uh, she, scene shifts to the other team's building, uh, but then they'll bounce back, maybe win Game Four, and then end it in Five. I see. I, I think that kind of pattern often happens. I could see that here uh, with the uh, uh, with this series, uh, Carolina. Maybe they drop Game Three but capable of bouncing back, winning at least one in Nashville and then wrapping it up in five. That could be what we see here. Uh, Next game, uh, Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Here we go again with Edmonton, right? I mean, they look like they're playing great uh, in the second half of the season. Connor McDavid with the incredible over 100-point season in uh, 56 games. Uh, Incredible stuff. Leon Dreisidel, the tandem that those two are, we know, absolutely terrific for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. But last night, what was the issue again? Uh, Depth scoring. What was the issue again? You know, unfortunately, defensive breakdowns at bad times. I actually thought they played good defensively most of the game. uh, Edmonton did outshoot Winnipeg. But here's another growing concern for the Edmonton Oilers. And we saw it against Chicago in their first round loss last year, their uh, play-in series loss last year to the Blackhawks in the bubble. Edmonton's got to roll up the sleeves, put the work boots on, Get a little dirty, get, get your hands dirty, score some tough goals. You're not going to do everything with flash and with dash and with end to end rushes at playoff time. You're not, you're very, you're actually much more rarely going to score goals that way in the Stanley cup playoffs. And I think Edmonton's still trying to figure out, you know what, with the checking tighter and with defensive uh, aptitude, really increasing and focus at Stanley cup playoff time. Teams realizing, and Paul Maurice said it, and I should have maybe heeded it and stayed off Edmonton knowing that, hey, they didn't get off to a good start last year. Maybe they're going to get off to a bad start here as well. But Paul Maurice said it. We have to be airtight in our defensive assignments and our details. And I thought last night, guys, Alex and Terry, the Winnipeg Jets were airtight in their defensive details. There was no time. There was no space. There was no room for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to maneuver. Uh, in that game last night, it was a great defensive effort. Connor Hellebuck looked like Vesna Trophy Caliber. Connor Hellebuck as well last night. Uh, he was great in that victory. And the Edmonton Oilers just didn't generate enough. I thought, from Connor McDavid's standpoint, that was a, a plotting game for him. I thought it was a, a game where at times you couldn't even tell he existed on the ice, to be honest with you. It was really that poor of a game for him and for Leon Dreisiedel uh, in that game. You know, you could say Winnipeg got, you know, they got a deflection goal. They got the long-seeing eye shot from Logan Stanley to go in. Uh, Tucker Pullman jumps uh, into the play and scores a goal. Think about it. Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley guys were being considered to not crack the starting defenseman lineup for Paul Maurice and the Jets in this series. He ends up going with his gut, going with his intuition, says, I'm going to put Stanley and I'm going to put Pullman in my defenseman. Uh, top six defensemen to begin the series here for game one. And he gets Pullman and Stanley, five, six defensemen on this team, both scoring a goal last night in game one. So tip of the cap to Paul Maurice from a coaching standpoint. Uh, But Edmonton's got to be a lot better. I think they had a lot of, they had the puck. They did have shots. They did have some chances, but a lot of the end-to-end rush, and the pretty passing plays and that incredible offensive finesse that edmonton loves to have they were shut down with that and now it's up to edmonton and it's up to tippett to drill this into their heads tip a goal in deflect a goal in get to the front of the net look for a rebound look to jam the puck through the pads of the goalie get in that crease and score a goal like taylor hall scored you know when he tied the game for boston against washington in game two Get to that paint area. Get to the the crease area. Find a way to score tough goals because I find Edmonton still relies on that pretty goal uh, far too much. And they need McDavid and Dreisaitl to be a whole lot better. Simple as that. Maybe I'm being harsh, but guess what? And I know they're incredible talents. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are incredible hockey players. We know that. I'm not denying that or debating that whatsoever. But they aren't gods, all right? They are not above ridicule when they deserve it last night for Leon and Connor pointless between them minus four in their plus minus rating between them and Connor McDavid only having two shots on goal for the entire game. It's not good enough, not good enough for the caliber players. They are. I mean, maybe we ask a lot of Connor McDavid, but Hey, this is your bed. You've made it. You got to sleep in it. Now, you know, you're arguably a dominant hockey player. One of the best in the league. We expect you to dominate or have at least a very strong effort nightly. And I don't think we saw that from Connor McDavid last night. I thought it was a pedestrian game. I thought it actually was a borderline poor game, terrible game by his standards. And then to compound it, that he played a bad game last night, much below his standards. And look, he's lofty standards. I get it. But they're below those standards. They're high standards, but they're high for a reason because we know what he's capable of. They were way below his standards last night. And then I got to hear Connor in the post game. And this is disappointing. I want ownership from Connor McDavid about his play after a night like that. And instead I didn't got nothing, none, zero of ownership for his play last night from McDavid after that game with what he said. He said, yeah, it's disappointing, but we did a lot of good things. We threw a lot of pucks at the net. They got a tip. We didn't. That's playoff hockey. No. That's, I hate that response. It's a terrible response. No, I wanted to hear I got to be better because I know I can be better. I've shown it all season the kind of player I can be. And what I did last night was nothing close to the kind of player that I've shown I can be. Simple as that. Ownership. Take it, Connor McDavid. You're a captain for Christ's sake. Yeah, it was a poor game on your standard, on, on your part. Way below your usual standard. You've got to accept it you got to own it. I would have liked to have heard some individual ownership that say, hey, i got to be better than this because I didn't make an impact on the game. As far as I'm concerned, he didn't make an impact, Connor McDavid, last night uh, in game one, and he's got to be better. And now it's referendum time all over again for the Edmonton Oilers. Tomorrow night, we'll all be on the air, on the BetCast to watch this Edmonton team and what kind of response they have, what kind of fire in their belly they have. Cause I'll tell you what, right now, if they go back to Winnipeg down to nothing, the noose is going to get even tighter around this group. And it is now an important vital response. Answer the bell. Will you please Edmonton answer the bell Friday night in game two. I want to see Connor McDavid bringing it uh, 10 times more than he did last night. Same with his buddy, uh, Leon dry And if they don't, it's going to be big-time trouble. The one guy I don't blame last night, guys, is Mike Smith. I thought Mike Smith couldn't have done much with the goals that went in on him. I thought he played well enough. Uh, I blame the offense, and I blame get your nose dirty, get gritty, get to the front of the net, score tough goals, take some punishment to score, sacrifice, do all of that stuff. Edmonton didn't do that last night. And if they keep playing this soft, pansy, state of the outside, rely on finesse, rely on skill, game in the stanley cup playoffs that's not always the game that wins in the stanley cup playoffs they got to get it changed we'll see what they can do game two on a friday night so there we are i'm getting tough on the oilers but they deserve to be getting uh for me they've they deserve it that i'm getting tough on them because that's a bad first step that's a bad first impression for a team that's trying to get over the playoff hump uh, alex well, what did you think of that game last night jets oilers yeah
2: I absolutely agree with you. I, I was on Edmonton uh, in that game. I thought they were going to come out, you know, fired up. Like we talked about, you know, the, we get that the pressures on them uh, almost as much as it is on Toronto, you know, to, to make a run out of this division. But uh, to show up flat like this, like you said, especially after how things went last year uh, with that five-game series against Chicago, you know, I'm starting to, to wonder now, maybe Connor McDavid's one of these regular season players. He's just great in the regular season. He doesn't have that clutch gene. Uh, to stand up and, and and lead a team steal some games in the playoffs all the best uh superstars over the years the crosbys the canes uh you know different guys you know they've been able to to steal a game for their team just like goalies we talk about goalie stealing games but there's some superstar players that can do it and mcdavid's gonna have to start doing that as early as tomorrow night uh and like I said dress settle as well These you know two guys that you know we talked about yeah they don't have the depth but now they have the best uh third line that they've had probably since you know those two have been in Edmonton. Uh, they've gotten the, some good goaltending. You know, you can only wonder how long can Mike Smith, you know, hold up, uh, you know, and make big saves. So it, it's going to be up to ninety-seven to to score some goals and, and and take a true leadership role with this team right now in the series.
1: Absolutely, you know, the Trout comparison is pretty good. Actually, I know it's a different sport; it's baseball. But playoff Mike Trout hasn't always been good. Now he hasn't been in the playoffs very often, but the couple times he has with the Angels, he's been disappointing. I find a lot of times there's he comes up in the regular season with guys in scoring position or the bases loaded and he's not always a shoe in to deliver, you know, in those spots. I've noticed that. It's usually when I'm betting the Angels I notice that. And, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I get concerned about him. And Connor McDavid, look, it's great. I mean, the regular obviously in the regular season there's more open ice. There's no, no doubt. It's much tougher to get open ice and space in the playoffs because the checking is tighter. The defense is the defense focuses more Uh, and tries to take away the top players of the other team to an even greater extent. I get all of that, but you got to have a bigger impact than that last night, two shots on goal, zero points and a minus two rating. Not good enough for McDavid and dry Same thing. He wasn't good either. Terry, what do you think jets oilers last night?
3: I have to agree with both of you guys. I was on Edmonton and regulation yesterday. Um, what I'm noticing is teams like Edmonton and Florida so far uh, biggest disappointments I think so far in the playoffs. Um, they're not really playoff teams like throughout the last few years, right? So they're they don't have the they don't seem like they have the ability to like win the series in the playoffs. McDavid, like you said, he had two shots on goal. Uh, Edmonton lives by McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like, I think that's that's a pretty, pretty good statement. I think it's a pretty fair statement that if you take those two guys out, what does that team really have? Like, if you take those two guys away, does that team compete for the playoffs? And then now they're in the playoffs and neither of them are able to produce. Uh, it's only the first game. And I also give Winnipeg a lot of credit. Uh, Winnipeg, Iowa made money for me all season long until their, uh, their rough stretch there they had and i will admit i've been i was i'm on edmonton to win the series i kind of uh looked past winnipeg because of that long losing streak they had but the last few games uh to finish up the season they looked better and uh, they looked good in that first uh game hellebuck looked good so uh i don't know could winnipeg win the series I,
1: of course they can. I think they definitely can win this series. They proved that last night. No Nick Ehlers, no Pierre-Luc Dubois. We've got you know a, a blue line that isn't exactly depth-laden. Uh, we struggled down the stretch. We didn't play our best hockey. And they gutted it out. They played playoff-style hockey. They played defense. They got the saves they needed. They capitalized on a couple of ch- chances. They shut down two of the best players in the NHL. Of course, Winnipeg can win this series, and uh, they proved that. Uh, last night no question uh, in that victory. Now it's up to Edmonton to respond because I shudder to think what's going to happen in that city and with that fan base if they go down 2-0 in this series going back to Winnipeg. That becomes a paramount game for them uh tomorrow night. And you're right. Uh I, we get these little glimpses to Terry's point about the third line, the second line, the fourth line chipping in and Edmonton got some of that from the uh depth forwards in game or down the stretch of the regular season. But where did we see it last night? We, we didn't see it you know, from that second line, that third line, that fourth line. So are they only going to show up in the regular season too? And again, more than anything, don't always look for the finesse goals. Look for the tougher goals. That's what Edmonton's got to do. We'll see if they make the adjustment. Uh, The final game last night was St. Louis, Colorado. Not so much talk about the game itself, which played out kind of the way I thought. Colorado, uh, just too much for St. Louis. They had the puck most of the night, although St. Louis – they obviously, the, the the play tilted in their favor back half of the game when they fell behind 3-0, I think because Colorado got to that big lead. They laid off the gas pedal a little bit, uh, and St. Louis capitalized with that, that second-period goal. And still, Colorado was controlling the game and still leading by two goals. But then all of a sudden, the incident occurred, and we know what that was. Uh, Nazem Kadri back in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Open ice elbow hit to the uh, head or at least it looked like he was aiming. He didn't get all of it, but he definitely raised the elbow up. You can see see it clearly on the replay uh, on Justin Falk, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues. And now he's having an in-person hearing today. And as you know, with those, when you have an in-person hearing with the player safety department, you are right away, the possibility is there for a minimum five game suspension with all in-person hearings. So we might see this again where Kadri is uh, sitting in the press box and look, he just hasn't learned. he he just, he's never going to get it. He hasn't cl- clearly hasn't gotten it to this point and he's just never going to get it that you got to le- ease off sometimes for the, for the betterment of your team. You're an important player. You can say what you will about Nazem Kadri with his reckless nonsense and these hits and these suspension worthy uh, incidents that he's getting involved with, but he's a damn good hockey player. He's a very good two-way player, score goals for you, win face-offs, play five-on-five, five, play power, play play penalty kill, play all situations. What good is it, though, if he's going to be an idiot on the ice and just recklessly target someone's head in the middle of the ice, clear as day? It's not like the, they're not going to be able to see it a million times on replay. It's not like you can get away with it anymore. And now he's going to get suspended, and his team is going to be without a very key player in their lineup because of all the different things he can do win faceoffs. is great faceoff guy. He always has been going back to when he was with the Leafs, you know, he plays in all situations, but he hurts his team with this kind of shit as simple as that, because now they're not going to have him for the next few games. Maybe they're, st- they're probably still too good for St. Louis where it's not going to haunt them, but what if there's a cup final, you know, what if this is, you're playing Minnesota or Vegas uh, later on in the playoffs here and Kadri does that and you're without him for several games, you could feel it more. Uh, against a team that's probably going to give you a little bit of a tougher go. I mean, it's just selfish. It's not using your head. It's not thinking of the bigger picture. And Nazem Qadra's got to cut it out. And they've told him already he's got to cut it out. Hell, that's a big problem the Leafs had and why they didn't resign him. They didn't like that Boston incident in the playoffs. You know, selfish. Bad hit. You got suspended. We were without you. You were key to our lineup. You were key to our playoff success. And all of a sudden, uh, he's out because he's totally reckless on the ice. And same thing again last night. He clearly hasn't learned his lesson. And because of that, guys, I don't think they're giving him a slap on the wrist here if I'm George Peros and I'm the player safety department. This is probably going to be a lengthy suspension because he's a repeat offender. He's done this shit before. And now he's taken his his spot. He's basically taken himself out of this series, essentially, now for the rest of the way. And maybe into the second round, too, if Colorado gets there. Uh, Just frustrating. It's unnecessary. When you see him and you're skating toward Falk, you got to say, you know what? What have I done before? Oh yeah, I've been suspended for this kind of stuff. Maybe I don't do that. Maybe I don't follow through. Maybe I don't raise my fucking elbow, you know, to really make it look like I'm trying to hurt the guy. It's completely idiotic to see Kadri this reckless, this selfish, this uh, insensitive to the bigger picture of his team. And, you know, it's unfortunate because he's a good player. I like watching him play, but I don't like seeing him do that. And now he's going to pay the price for it. Suspension wise. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on Blues abs and the Kadri incident?
2: Yeah, like I said, I mean, Avalanche took care of business. Uh, nothing, uh, you know, shocking there the way they, that they played and, and won that game. But like you said, with Nazem Kadri, you know, it's the third time in four years where he's had a, a dirty hit and has been suspended. Uh, I would think they, the league would give him seven games. So even if this one uh, ends in four, he's still going to miss three games out of the second round, which that could be, uh, like I said, more detrimental to the team than than him being out for this particular series. But uh, you know, as you said, it was just unnecessary, especially the time of of the hit too. I could see if you if you're on the blues and you know, you're you know, possibly looking at a spot of going down or two, I could see taking a risk on a hit like that to try to get your team fired up. But you know, Codres was on the on the winning side, and with him taking that, that hit, that five minute major penalty that, that was assessed with the match penalty, uh, the blues end up scoring a goal and end up kind of making it a, a bit more of a of a game. Uh, you know, they were going back and forth trading goals, but they were you know still within one late in the third until uh, those, empty, those two empty net goals going for the Avalanche. So you almost risk uh, losing the home ice advantage in this series. Uh, like I said, and more than likely going to be done for the rest of, of this one as well. So, you know, taking the, some of that depth out uh, of that Avalanche lineup. Like I said, it's just an absolute boneheaded play and you, you can't afford to make mistakes like that. And you know, Like I said, it seemed like he had maybe, you know, crossed past that, Uh, moving on from Toronto to Colorado that, you know, he's, you know, kind of matured kind of in the way where we talk about with uh, Brad Marchand, and you know, how, you know, some of the antics he used to do, he doesn't do as much these days. Uh, It seemed like that was the case for Kadri, but I guess we were wrong. That was a a absolutely dumb play.
1: Yeah. Just unnecessary. I mean, uh, I get it. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, There's been worse. There's definitely been worse. I get it. But it was just, he puts himself in that spot where he doesn't have to, you know, just run, basically go right over to Falk and then raise the elbow as well. Just disappointing to see that. And look, uh, another one last thing I'll bring up on this incident is what it almost did in this game. They were up 3-1 at the time in complete control. You give St. Louis a five-minute major power play and they scored on it, 3-2, all of a sudden it's a game. St. Louis is one goal away from tying that game and they actually almost almost made it 3-3. Uh, in, a, in the minutes after that five-minute power play, all because of Kadri, he gave life to the Blues, almost coming back in that game as well. You know, almost paid the price for that penalty right there in that game with a near Blues comeback. But thankfully for Colorado, uh, a McKinnon goal with about five minutes to go put the game away, four to two. But again, Blues didn't have anything going; they had no life. They he gave them life with that five-minute penalty. Uh, and Nazem Kadri probably going to serve a lot more than just a five-minute penalty uh, with that incident uh, when the uh, player safety department w- makes their ruling. Uh, Terry, your thoughts on Blues Avalanche last night?
3: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I didn't have any action on that game. I'm trying to stay away from that series. But obviously, as a huge Wild fan, I'm keeping my eyes on that series, uh, of course. Um, Kadri has... Kadri has the history of doing this. And, you know, I know he likes to be physical. He likes to hit people. But you should look at someone like Marcus Felino. Felino hits, like, is hitting all over the ice. But he doesn't hit in a dirty way. You can hit people. You can be physical. You can yep. play a physical game. But you don't have to do it in a dirty Tom Wilson, Kadri-type way. Um, I hope they throw the book at Kadri. I don't want him anywhere near any Minnesota players. I still remember when he hit Nicholas Backstrom uh, behind the net. Uh, Backstrom was never the same for the Wild after that. uh, After that injury, so I don't want him anywhere near any Wild players if the Wild uh, advance past Vegas. So uh, I hope the NHL throws the book at him. I think you need to take more serious. You need to take these things more serious, um, more seriously than they have
1: been. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's he's in. He's going to get something. Uh, there's no question. All right, let's go to today's card. Now we've got four games. Uh, we'll start with the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay minus one thirty, uh, home favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the over. You know, if you're the Panthers. You're down two nothing. You're facing the defending Stanley Cup champions. They just know how to win. They've got incredible depth in their four lines, especially with a Stamkos and Kucherov back here for the postseason. Uh, the blue line, of course, has also got you know Headman and a McDonough leading the blue line. That's you're spoiled rotten in that regard as well. If you're Tampa, Vasilevsky's still one of the premier goalies in the league, and now you got to try to win four uh, of the next uh, five games against this team. It's not going to be easy uh, for Florida. But I know this team's got grit, character, heart, perseverance. I don't think they're quitting. I don't think they're giving up. They didn't have a good game. Barkov and uh, uh, talked about Connor McDavid reprimanding him. we got to reprimand Huberto and Barkov a little bit. I don't think they played their best game in game two. I'd expect them to play better. I'm on Barkov and Huberto to score tonight. Simple as that. In a game like this, backs against the wall for the Florida Panthers, I'm looking at the best players being the best players to keep them afloat in this series and try to – get a game here and make it two to one because we know if they go down three, nothing in this series, it's just about over. They've been the better team still five on five, to be honest with you. The five on five play for Florida has been good. They were better than Tampa five on five in game one. It was a little closer in game two, but still Florida held their own. Vasilevsky was good. Tampa capitalized on some chances. Again, Tampa was better defensively in game two. They checked and uh, put the uh, uh, clamps down uh, on both Huberto and Barkov uh, in that game. Uh, I think Florida, though, is not going down without a fight. I have a split bet on Florida. I'm not giving up on them just yet. I have the first period plus 115 on Florida because I think that's when the best punch is going to come from the Panthers. That first 20 minutes, desperation, 2-0 down. You've got to try to get this game. You must get this game. The first period is where you're going to see this team probably go all out. I don't mind them playing in Tampa. they played well in Tampa this year at times. The Panthers, they've won in Tampa. Uh, already uh, this season in the head-to-head series Uh, first period I like more I'll have a little bit more money personally on the first period Florida plus 115 but also a sprinkle on the full game as well plus 110 plus 105 and I am on the full game over five and a half minus 120 zigzag with the total for me over game one under game two and the total got bumped up to six and now we see the drop back down to five and a half I think we get goals here Florida's got to get the first goal put the pressure on Tampa, and again, because I think they're going to be on the front foot, being aggressive, trying to get that first goal, trying to score, that will help the over as well. So I like Florida first period, Florida full game, and also Florida-Tampa Bay over 5.5, minus 120. Alex, what's your thoughts here, Panthers and Lightning?
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you on that Florida first period. I got it at plus 110. Uh, That's definitely the way to go because you'll know where the game is going to head based on this first period. Uh, if florida doesn't come out with any energy and punch and and, and tampa you know jumps out to a lead that that might be the end of, of them in this game and in the series uh potentially so it's imperative that they get off to a, a good start i also like the first period over but i'm not going to lay a dollar 25 once again i'm going to you know attack this in game i'm going to wait within the first 2 or 3 minutes to try to get a better price uh and, and then jump on that but like but i definitely like uh florida money line in the first period at plus the dollar 10
1: yeah, and Sean Shapiro take notes how you get a better price with a first period over live in game rather than betting the thing before the puck gets dropped. Exactly, uh, Terry yeah. Edelman. Terry Edelman, what do you think here with the uh, Panthers and the Lightning?
3: Yeah, so I said previously Florida has been a huge disappointment to me uh, in the playoffs so far. I really thought that they they were going to they're going to they were going to upset Tampa. Uh, in the first round, uh, even though I guess Florida is the favorites in the series, but a lot of people are on Tampa because of their history, uh, their recent playoff success, uh, because of Kucherov and Stamkos both back in the lineup. Um, so I was on Florida. I've been on Florida both games uh, in the series, and I regret it. Uh, so I'm jumping on to the other side here. I'm going to take Tampa Bay money line. I got it at minus one thirty. Uh, I think Tampa Bay has, has the series in control. Um, Florida losing both games at home, going back down, uh, going back to Tampa Bay now. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to get the win. I like how you guys, uh, your thoughts on the first period for Florida. If I was going to take Florida, it would definitely be in the first period. But uh, I want to be surprised if they do jump out to the lead. But I think as the game goes on, by the end of it, Tampa Bay is going to be ahead, and I think they win the game.
1: And I applaud what? Coach Q for giving Chris Drieger another start. That was not a Chris Drieger's fault game the other night. Yeah. And he's stuck with the same goalie now, giving him another chance, giving him confidence. I think is going to be better tonight. I really do. Because, again, the coach is stuck with me now. Uh, that's a confidence builder. He didn't go to do what Washington did. We'll start a third different goalie uh, in the first three games of the series because he could have went tonight. He could have went back to Bobrovsky tonight as well. He didn't do that. Uh, he stuck with Chris Drieger. Uh, in net tonight, so uh, I think that's going to be good news for It's Like, hey, yeah. I, the coach believes in me, the team believes in me. Let's go, let's get this done.
2: And and one thing, to note too is, and that's the re- one of the other reasons why I like taking Florida in this first period is because, like I said, if they don't, you know, step up, or or if they, you know, let's say they get a one nothing lead, but uh, this, you know, Tampa Bay is still knocking on the doorstep and they've got more, you know, more energy. Uh, more chances, then I can go and get a better price in-game on on Tampa, you know, Moneyline, and adjust for that and still cash my first bet. So that's the thing, and that's what I like to do with, with, you know, the playoffs sometimes. If it's where, you know, things are kind of that, that we're in that tipping range now of games, obviously, you know, going in games three, four, and five, uh, things really kind of, you know, shaking out and deciding what's going to happen next. You can kind of just use that first period leverage and then, you know, see where you go from there in-game, Uh, And and adjust accordingly.
1: Absolutely, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good strategy indeed. With that, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Islanders. Hopefully, Melissa is listening and watching right now. Penguins fan. She was with us on the Betcast Tuesday night. She's been a guest on this show before as well. We've got the uh, even money here, pretty much on both sides here uh, in this game. Uh, Minus one ten. The total uh, five and a half shaded to the under. Uh, This one is a tricky one. I have a small bet on the over, but I don't love it uh, compared to some of the other plays I have on this card. It's just a simple, we had an over, we had an under. Feels like maybe we go back in the over direction tonight. We see some goals. And I think Pittsburgh, with Malkin potentially making his series debut tonight, you know, that's going to help the offense. Hasn't been confirmed yet. It's going to be a game-time decision. But look, he was on the ice for the Penguins' morning skate. He was in line rushes. He was in the first power play practice unit this morning. I think that is a clear indication that there's a decent, there's a pretty good chance Evgeny Malkin is going to play tonight for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and return uh, to the lineup. Uh, Pittsburgh did what they had to do. They had to win game two. They did. Uh, Tristan Jari, give him credit, a nice bounce back performance uh, in game two. We talked about how he was exposed a little bit in game one with that weak glove hand. Uh, he made the adjustment, and he was a lot better in net. Uh, in the game two victory for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. See if he can keep that going. Varlamov had a shaky first period, I thought, for the Islanders, but he really settled in and played a good hockey game uh, from that point on. Um, This is a tricky one for me because I've already got Pittsburgh in the series to win it. I think Alex does as well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Penguins to win the series. I'm not crazy about adding on a Pittsburgh bet here in game three. Uh, of this series, especially with the Islanders going home, you know they'll get be excited, especially early in the game to be back home. We'd expect the Islanders, especially off the loss, to come out strong, much like Pittsburgh came out strong in Game Two. You know after they lost Game One, um, so I'm off the side in this game. I just have a small over. It's it's a plus 115. It's a good price. Uh, It's a series where we saw the first game go over, the second game stay under. It could be one of those series where it does zigzag a little bit uh, from a total standpoint. So for that reason, small bet for me, over five and a half. And yes, uh, everybody in the chat is talking about it right now, watching this show live on YouTube. And I mentioned it on our BetCast Tuesday night. Jake Gensel had seven shots on goal, all right, in game two, all right, and didn't score. That's not going to continue. If he keeps generating like that in terms of shots – quality chances, he's going to eventually find the back of the net. I think it's going to be tonight. You look at the expected goal charts for Pittsburgh, Jake Gensel's like right near the top, first or second, in terms of expected goals that he's generated, and yet he hasn't scored. That's going to change soon. If he keeps making the impact offensively, getting those chances that he's been getting, he will eventually find one. I think it could be tonight. So, yes, Jake Gensel, I can get him plus 175 even in some spots uh, to score a goal tonight. Uh, Absolutely. Sometimes I like better value. Uh, I like to go for longer shots, sometimes with the goal scorer props. But Jake Gensel plus 175, to me, is a great bet still because I think he is way overdue to finally find the back of the net. And I think tonight could be that night. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Penguins and Islanders?
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I'm I'm actually going to tell you guys on, on that, uh, Jake Gensel that to score. i see seen 165 in my book, so I'll be playing that. But also, like the first period over, we've seen that cash in four straight meetings now. Uh, and I grabbed it. I was able to grab it early at plus 115. It's now dropped to plus 110. I think that's still a great price. Uh, even if the game does slow down later, I think we're going to see some good energy, especially from the Islanders, uh, you know, going back home uh, where they've been absolute dynamite throughout the year. So uh, I like the first period over one and a half at plus $1. ten, And I also like Gensel to score at plus 165.
1: And good adjustment by Pittsburgh. We saw Kyle Palmieri uh, come to life in game one, pretty much non-existent and didn't do a whole lot in game two. Uh, so give the Penguins and Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff and the team defensively credit, making the adjustment, saying, hey, we're not going to let Kyle Palmieri beat us again. Uh, and they were much better keeping the uh, keeping him silenced and off uh, the scoreboard uh, in game two. Uh Terry? Uh, what's your thoughts here with Game Two, uh, New York Islanders Pittsburgh Penguins?
3: Uh, I like the draw in this game. I have it at plus three twenty-five. Uh, looking at this game, I was I was torn on both sides. Like I could see, like it's either side winning. I think we go to OT. I think this is a close game. I th- uh, think it's going to be two-two, and go to overtime. Uh, I am rooting for the Penguins to win the series. Uh, so I'll be rooting for Penguins tonight to get the, the win in overtime. But yeah, I, I, I think this is a close game. Uh, I think the Islanders put up a good fight, uh, but I think it's going to go to overtime. That's what I like.
1: All right. Liking the draw. I, I don't mind that bet at all. Um, it, it's de- I, I don't mind any draw bet with the way these playoffs have gone. A lot of competitive, tight one-goal games. Uh, the draw you can get in the plus 290, plus 300 range uh, in this game. So uh, keep an eye on that. The draw... Uh, Terry liking that with the Penguins and the Islanders. And here we go. It is time to finally talk about it and get this series underway. I can finally see these two fan bases, watch a game before just saying back and forth, uh, we're better than you. No, we're better than you. At least now we'll finally get to see who's better tonight. The Montreal Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs, the final first round series to get underway game one tonight. We've got the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs minus two Oh five to minus two ten home favorites, five and a half the total. Of all series, and usually there's some kind of really decent to strong opinion I have on a game one in any series, I don't have that in this game tonight. I really don't. Um, I can't lay this price with Toronto. It's got that feel of Edmonton a little bit. they got to show me that they're ready to put their foot down and win a game one. I will say this, though. Edmonton's roster, I wouldn't say, is built to score dirty, grimy, greasy goals, tough goals. Toronto's is now. It wasn't that way last year. It wasn't that way two years ago. They can get those tough goals with some of the players they've got up front with Felino now on the team. Nick Foligno, Hyman now back from injury, which is inc- huge for the Leafs because he's just so good in terms of dogged determination on the puck in all games. To have him back is Im- imperative for this Leafs team. Uh, they have Foligno now. They've got Riley Nash, who is going to be playing in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a great playoff centerman he really is because he's he's boston we know what he did columbus we know what he did uh he is a very good two-way center he's going to be a perfect fit another guy that can score tough goals you know physical element to his game toronto's got a great blend now skill speed talent and now grit and defensive ability defensive forwards the defenseman that can actually keep the puck out of their own net like a bogosian and a physical presence. He'll be back from injury as well. So it's almost all hands on deck right now for the Leafs. But I've got to see them come out and put their foot down before I even consider backing them or laying this kind of price. And I know they're better than Montreal on paper. You know, they're deeper, stronger, uh, four lines, way more than uh, what Montreal has. Montreal after Toffoli, Anderson. um, There's not a whole lot that I can count on from a forward standpoint. The good news is for them, and this is what you're happy about and gives you some degree of faith if you're a Habs fan in this series Brendan Gallagher's healthy he can be on my team any day of the week with the way he plays he's the one guy that'll pay a price to score goals on this team up front uh Shea Weber's going to be back uh you know I know he's not had a great season he's made some blunders defensively but you still want him a veteran defenseman in your lineup Carey Price we'll see what he can do he's had an up and down injury plagued season but at the end of the day, he also played very well in the first series against Pittsburgh when, similarly, nobody gave Montreal a chance to win that series, and they ended up winning it, and Price played well in it. Um, we'll see if he can do it here. He wasn't great in his AHL start the other day against uh, for Laval. But, again, I take that with a grain of salt. The way I see this is, look, Toronto's got a monkey on their back. Hell, they don't have a monkey. They have a piano on their back with everything that's expected of them. 17 years without a playoff series win. The last time they won a first-round series was 2004 when Pat Quinn was the head coach of this team. Gary Roberts and Joan Newendike and Matt Sundin were the top players on the Leafs. The last time they won a first-round series. That's how long ago it's been. they got to show me they can do it. I can see this game. Look, Montreal using the bulletin board material of nobody in the hockey landscape picking them to make this a much tougher game. First game for the Toronto Maple Leafs than maybe they think it's going to be. So for that reason, nothing on the side for me. I think uh, nothing on the total because I think it could go over. It could stay under. Toronto's been a lot more of an under team, by the way, down the stretch now that they've committed to a much greater, better, stronger two-way hockey game. And their penalty kill has been better. And their power play for all the skill they've got, guys, the Leaf power play is brutal. It's been terrible this season, but their penalty kill has been elite. I don't even remember the last time the Leafs gave up a power play goal. So oddly enough, their PK is outstanding. And even with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, all the skill they have, their power play is lousy. So I could actually see this being slightly lower scoring. But the bet I'm going to take a shot with, I'm not strong on it because I still feel Toronto could win this game in 60. uh, And it could maybe not go to overtime. But I am going to sprinkle on the draw here. The draw is a tantalizing price. It's in the plus 360 range in some books and look for all the talk that the leafs dominated the habs during the regular season they did go seven two and one against them in the 10 games but five of those 10 games guys were one goal games five of the 10 regular season meetings between toronto and montreal were decided by one goal and if we get that kind of game here you're live with that draw bet that maybe we could get into overtime so small bet for me that's the only bet i've got right now in this game i want to take this game to analyze observe and use what we see for game two and beyond only bet i have is a very small piece of the draw here at plus 360 habs and leafs alex what's your thoughts here montreal toronto Yep, right there with you. I got uh, plus 355 this morning
2: on the draw. I also bet this series to have exactly three overtimes at plus 550. I bet that uh, before all the postseason started. So uh, you still have time to bet that before tonight if you wish to choose. But uh, I think this is going to be a tighter series than many expect. I like Toronto to win the series. I think Toronto wins this game, but I just think that it goes past 60 minutes. I think Montreal is going to give as strong of an effort as possible in this game one. Uh, and except, I you know, the pressure that's on the Leafs is is enormous. Uh, I could definitely see it being one of those games where, you know, you know, it's going to get a little trippy at times. We might see some penalties called both ways, uh, but I don't think it's going to lead to a lot of scoring. I could see it being a 2-2 game going to OT and then. Uh, Toronto finds the way to, to to win it. So I like the regulation draw. That's a great price getting it plus
1: three fifty-five and you you've found it at plus three sixty. It doesn't mean it's gonna win, but I think it's the best value bet on the board to draw here tonight, plus three sixty in game one. I don't think Montreal plus one eighty, 180, plus one eighty-five, given their struggles against Toronto and given the talent and depth advantage that the Leafs have, I don't think that's a great price, to be honest with you, with Montreal. Or it could could be could have been better, could have been higher. Like Toronto's not minus two fifty, like Carolina's been or minus 300 or greater like Colorado. Um, So I think Montreal could have been, you know, the the value could have been better on Montreal. I think the best value, like I said, is this this draw. Because I think Toronto, at least in game one, with such nerves, such anticipation, sometimes you're not right sharp and you just want to win so badly and you're not sharp in the first game. We could see that. and It lets Montreal hang around and push this to overtime. Uh, Terry, what do you think here? Habs and Leafs game one.
3: Uh, I'm actually against you guys. Uh, I have a Leafs and regulation minus 130. Uh, I think uh, Leafs are going to take this game. Uh, The first period, like they, both teams haven't played for quite a few days. I think it's uh, eight eight days for the Habs and seven days for the Leafs or vice versa. But uh, both teams have been off for a while. Um, Like you said, Price uh, appeared in the uh, AHL for Laval. Uh, didn't really have a very good uh, appearance there. But uh, I'm thinking he's going to be a bit rusty tonight. I think Leafs are going to come out on fire. I think they're going to come out and uh, want to not play like Edmonton did yesterday. I think Leafs want to make a statement. I also think, uh, I mentioned on the Betcast too cast McG- too, when we, uh, we were talking with Andrew McGinnis, I think it's a mistake that Cole Caulfield is not in the lineup. We know the Leafs have a lot of scoring, a lot of firepower why would you why would you have one of your good young rookies who's scored quite a few times already why would you have him scratched against the leafs i don't it doesn't really make sense to me do you think there's other players that are gonna that will score more than him like is it his defensive um is it because he's not like good defensively i'm not exactly sure but i think cole caulfield not being in the lineup is a mistake Uh, i think Leafs come out on fire tonight and i think they get the win In regulation.
1: All right, there we go, Terry. Like in Toronto, in regulation minus one thirty. Yeah, not a bad price on that Uh, Leafs in regulation. No question about that. Um, We'll see. I don't doubt they're better than Montreal on paper. They are, but again, teams that are better and look better on paper don't always win. That's what I thought with Edmonton last night. And look who won the game, Winnipeg. Uh, You know, with injuries galore, struggles down the stretch, uh, and they still ended up beating uh Edmonton last night so that's why they play the game so uh, we'll see if the Leafs can rise up everybody's singing their praises gonna beat Montreal some some experts even say on TSN and Sportsnet they're gonna roll Montreal well here's their chance to uh try to prove that tonight I just think tonight it's gonna be a little tougher for them than some people think all right final game and it's the game uh, Terry's been waiting to talk about I know on this show uh the Vegas Golden Knights and his Minnesota Wild. As the scene shifts to the XL Energy Center for Game 3, series tied at a game apiece, Minnesota, slight home favorites now. This was actually Vegas, slight road favorites. Now it's Minnesota, slight home favorites in this game. Minus 110 to minus 115, total 5.5, shaded to the under. Um, I'm either going to look like a genius or a complete and utter imbecile in mentioning that I not only like, but I love the over tonight in this game uh, after the first two games. But there's some things that I see going into tonight's game and why I think we could see more goals. First of all, the expected goals for these two teams in this series. Now, look, it has been a clinic of goaltending from Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. There's no denying that whatsoever. They have been out of their skull good, out of their minds good in this series, both guys. But the expected goals for Minnesota per game in this series are like 5.5. And for Vegas, it's like six. All right. So these two teams, given the chances they're generating, could have scored both of them 5 or more goals in both of the first two games. And what did we get instead? A one-nothing game for Minnesota in game 1 that went to overtime and a 3-to-1 game for Vegas. Look, this has been an incredible display of goaltending sorcery and wizardry from both Cam Talbot and Marc-André Fleury. But it can't continue this to this level indefinitely. It just can't. Goalies get worn down the more shots they face. The more the the more high quality chances they face, the more rubber gets thrown their way. And then you factor in the travel here. You know, Vegas to Minnesota. You know, that wears you down a little bit, especially as a goalie when you faced a shit ton of shots and both goalies have in the first two games. I could see a little fatigue and a little You know, we're not as quick with our lateral movements post-to-post tonight. We're not as quick reading the play, diagnosing where the puck is going in the offensive zone, and just being off your angle slightly if you're physically and a little mentally fatigued, which they could be. A lot of shots in the first two games. Travel back to Minnesota for Game 3 tonight with just the standard one day off between games, not an extra day uh, of rest for either goalie. I think it could open up some things for the offenses on both sides tonight. So that's the theory and I'm sticking to it, and I'm also sticking to a long-term theory I've seen in the playoffs, guys, where first two games under in one venue, we switch to the other team's home uh, rink for game three after two unders in the first two games, and sometimes we see a different result. Oftentimes we do, and we see a a, a change, a paradigm shift, if you will, and all of a sudden we go from two unders in game one and two to two an over in game three, and I've also seen it vice versa, guys two overs in game one and two, and it switches to an under in game three with the change of venue and the change of city. I think we get that here uh, tonight. So I like the over here, five, and I like the price more than anything. Uh, Now you're seeing the adjustment. Five and a half was juiced in game one. Five and a half was even money uh, in game two. Five and a half to the over now is plus 110 or plus 105 in a lot of spots. Uh, in this uh, game tonight. So I like the over, and I have a smaller bet on Minnesota because I like the idea of them off a loss. I like the idea of Minnesota uh, in a situation where they're playing at home for the first time in the playoffs, and they've been an unbelievable home team. What are they, 21 and 7 uh, on home ice this season? 21, 5 and 2, but the 5 and the 2 are losses. They're just beyond, or the 2 is beyond a regulation loss. So 21 and 7 uh, overall on home ice for this Minnesota wild team. And look, we don't know if Pacioretty's coming back. We have not seen much from Mark Stone in this series. Uh, Kaprizov's got to get going a little bit too. But uh, nevertheless, better chance of him getting going for Minnesota maybe than the other guys for Vegas because, again, last line change. Dean Everson will have a little bit of a better opportunity to get his top players and forwards out on the ice when he wants them against a better matchup. So keep an eye on that. I'm on Minnesota and a little bit more of a bet uh, in terms of amount size uh, on the over here, five and a half plus 105. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Golden Knights and Wild. Yeah, it's going to be 4,500 uh, fans at the Excel
2: Energy Center tonight, and it's going to be, it's going to be rocking. Obviously it won't be the usual 18,000, but it's definitely going to be uh, a jazzed up atmosphere. I mean, everybody's hyped up. I was uh, out and talking to some people uh, during game two and everybody's, you know, really excited. Uh, so that's always a, a good thing. Like I said, to get that crowd Back in your favor, I think this is like I said, going to be a series where home ice is crucial, uh, in that aspect. And like I said, these are you know, two close games. Wild could have easily took game two, uh, you know, but except like the, the goaltending has been absolutely phenomenal. I think we do see a, a bit of a letdown from both goaltenders, but I feel more confident in the wild's offense tonight in this game, uh, being back at home. So I'm on the wild, I got them at plus 100, like I said, now they're their favorite around. A uh, pick and price small lean to the first period over that's been kind of biting me in the ass a little bit. And we've uh, gone over 3 with the last three times I've backed this, these two teams in a matchup. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to even see it you know, be 1 to 1. So might me look for something in, in game with that. But I'm uh, definitely on the wild to win this game.
1: All right, like in Minnesota, minus 110, minus 115. Max Pacioretty, again, everybody waiting with bated breath because he's had a really good season. He hasn't played yet in this series. He's a game-time decision for Game 3 tonight. We'll see if he suits up. And now we turn it to the Minnesota Wild super fan fanatic himself, uh, Terry Edelman. Uh, we know who he's on, all right. We could end the show right now without him even saying a word, and we know who he's betting uh, in this game. But, Terry, we'll give you the time anyway. Uh, Minnesota Vegas, take it away.
3: Yeah, so I specifically asked to be on this show today um, during uh, at the beginning of the playoffs because uh, I remember the Wilds' history in Game 3s. So I did some research in the last seven uh, Game 3s going into Minnesota. The Wild are 6-1-0. The, uh, the one loss was against Alex's Blackhawks when they swept us uh, Round 2 in 2015. Uh, so that was the one loss. Uh, otherwise, we're 6-1-0, not including last year's game in Edmonton because I don't consider that an actual home game for the Wild because they were in Edmonton. Uh, so it's 6-1-0. 5-2-0 to the under, and the under is 9-2-0 and o all time uh, for game threes uh, in Minnesota. So I am against the Ian. I'm on the under 5.5, minus 125. Uh, from what I've seen this series so far, uh, it looks like both goalies are on. Um, I do think we're going to get a few more goals, but I don't think we're going to get to six. Um, we could, uh, if as long as the Wild score the goals, I'm happy. I'll be fine with losing uh, the under if the Wild comes through for me. But just the past history looks, um, the past history just screams the under. And of course, I'm also on the Wild money line. I'm getting it at minus 115 right now. I'm, Pissed at myself for not grabbing it yesterday, um, when they were plus money. But uh, I am ready, ready for the Wild tonight. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Wild are going to get the win. Like Ian said, Dean Evason uh, gets last change. Uh, in my opinion, he should be uh, he should get votes for Coach of the Year. Uh, he's been really, really good for us this year. Um, Fiala had eight shots last game. My my issue with Viala is his teammates. He's playing with Victor Rask and Mark uh, and uh, Johansson, um, which if you put
1: they're you know, the two guys that haven't pulled their weight the majority of the season. Yeah. You're right. Rask and Johansson have been plotting pedestrian at best. And I'm being kind.
3: There are wild fans that like Victor Rask. Um, I I don't see it. Uh, I see him behind the plays. Like if you put if you put anybody with Capri's off, obviously they're gonna do well. Like if you look at Victor, Victor Rask's career, not with uh, Kaprizov, obviously, it's not like his stats aren't good. His stats in Carolina weren't good. Um, so my problem with that is Fiala Fiala doesn't have the teammates that he, uh, that he should have to, to be successful. So that's the only kind of thing I'd look at Evison. Like I think Nico Sturm, who's on the fourth line, uh, who's a young player, uh, who has speed. I think you should put Fiala with Nico Sturm and uh, give Matt Boldy a chance. Uh, he did well in, in Iowa. I think uh, if you put those three together, I think you could see some, some speed and some goals. Uh, but obviously, that's not happening tonight. There's no lineup changes. Uh, Zach Parise is once again scratched. That's a huge thing. Uh, the Zach Parise, uh deal going into the off season. He had a meeting with. Uh, his uh, agent and uh, Bill Guerin uh, before game one to have some kind of discussion. Um, I think Preezy's played his last game for Minnesota. And after watching him all these years, it's sad that this is the way it's going, but he's just not quick enough. And if you're facing Vegas, you're facing Colorado, you need speed. And if you're falling behind, like assistant captain or not, I know he's done so much for us over the years, but you, you have to look at winning and that's what Everson's doing. Um, so uh, Prezi is once again scratched. So uh, no lineup changes for tonight.
1: All right, there we go. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Zach Parisi has just had a tough season and he's talented. He's always had good skill, good finishing ability, sees the ice well. The one little detriment and flaw in his game was foot speed. And, and oftentimes, you know, he's not the fastest skater. You know, even I think he's he's an average skater in terms of the speed. Uh, and unfortunately, you're right. You're playing these teams like Vegas, especially Colorado. Colorado just owns team with teams with their speed. Just ask St. Louis. You know, they don't have enough team speed right now uh, to face that Colorado team. So that's what you need. And unfortunately, it's not uh, conducive to for minnesota to have zach parisi in the lineup right now it's it's sad to see it end this way because you're right i don't think he's coming back no way after this but uh, i think it's a situation where it's tough to see it end this way but i think for the betterment of the team it's a decision that just has to be made at this point uh and it's uh it's just too, it's too bad it gets to that point but i think the team is making the right call and look i'm not going to criticize bill Guerin. all right bill Guerin's done a really nice job he's definitely Getting more comfortable in the GM role, I think he's done a good job. Uh, Jimmy definitely likes the job he's done as well. Jimmy Murphy, our colleague, who, by the way, uh, is away today, but he'll sh- uh, probably check in tomorrow at some point during the show. Remember, it's a Bruins game day, so uh, he might only come on for a part of it, but uh, we'll try to get Jimmy on as much as we possibly can. Uh, but, yeah, it, it looks like the uh, the relationship and the tenure of Zach Parise with the Minnesota Wild uh, is definitely uh, coming to an end and has run its course but uh yeah it looks like we're all on board we're all wild fans tonight because we all do have a piece of minnesota tonight uh here in game three uh to get the uh, victory in this one it's just uh terry likes the under and i like the over and look it's very simple it could be a 2-1-3-1 one, one game again that would not shock me one bit but i'm just going to go against the grain against the flow here and think that things change a little bit and that we get a few more goals tonight great stuff guys alex b smith terry edelman our special guest as he gets ready for his wild to take the ice for game three. Uh, Before we get to best bets to wrap up the show, first a reminder about our BetCast, our second one. It's tomorrow night, Friday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll go as late as we can. Uh, Make sure you join us for it. Tune in. And if you want to be part of the stream, send me a DM. Send the Ice Guys Twitter a DM, uh, and we'll reserve your spot to appear on the stream, and we'll send you the link to the stream, Uh, right as the show gets underway tomorrow night on friday so friday night 6 30 p.m eastern another ice guys betcast Uh, join us for that tuesday was a lot of fun i'm sure it'll be just as fun tomorrow night and also a reminder to download the DraftKings sportsbook app sign up for an account use the promo code thpn nhl and nba playoffs underway mlb on a daily basis pga championship this weekend ufc every week Uh, lots to choose from so download the DraftKings sportsbook app and sign up for an account if you do that you'll get a deposit bonus weekly specials and incentives bet boosts as well each and every day download the DraftKings sportsbook app sign up for an account use the promo code thpn all right it is time for best bets to wrap up this edition of the ice guys we'll start with our special guest terry edelman because we probably already know what his best pet is but we'll let him say it anyway go ahead terry
3: yeah, uh, Minnesota Wild money line minus 115. Shocked, by that. <laughs> my my biggest bet of the year uh, is going to be on the Wild tonight. Uh, I love this spot for them. I love them going home for Game Three. Uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, Wild are going to get the win for me tonight. I'm pretty pretty confident in it.
1: All right, Minnesota Wild in that minus 110 to minus 115 range in Game Three. Best bet for Terry Edelman, Alex B. Smith. What do you got? Best bet.
2: We're going to go with the first period over in the Penguins-Islanders game. If uh, so you can grab that at plus 110, that's a, a, a great price for what we've seen cash uh, already in f- uh, four straight meetings, the last two in the regular season and, of course, games one and two in the playoffs. Uh, I think the Islanders are going to be jazzed up to be back home and, you know, we'll get to see them score early. But Pittsburgh's not going to go away without a fight, that's for sure. So uh, you also look for that. If, you, if your book has an option of both teams to score in the first period, you might even get a better price than plus 110. So I uh, wouldn't talk anyone out of that either. But first, uh, for our show, we'll
1: go to Penn's Isles. First period over one and a half plus one ten is the best bet tonight. All right, there you go, Islanders Penguins over one and a half uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith in the first period for his best bet. Mine is going to be I'm we're going. Whoo, 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 whoo. There's my Panther sound right there. Uh, Florida Panthers plus one fifteen uh, in the first period, not the full game. I like the first period more. I think Florida it's it's their season right here. They can't go down three nothing. I think they've got that group. That's a good group of players. I mean, good in terms of their tight-knit. They're not going to uh, you know, go quietly into the night. I think you're going to see their absolute b- best punch, biggest punch thrown tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and specifically that punch to be thrown early in the game. Uh, Florida Panthers, plus 115, first period. If they get out of the first period with the lead, which I think they could, We'll cash our ticket. We'll get out. We don't want to risk Tampa Bay getting stronger as the game goes on, waking, which they've done already. They've shown us in this series. So Florida, plus 115, first period against Tampa Bay. Uh, That is my best bet for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to our special guest terry edelman for joining us uh reminder the ice guys is on seven days a week live on youtube monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and iheart for terry edelman for alex b smith i'm ian cameron have a great thursday night enjoy the games and good luck and we will talk to you again tomorrow on friday a betcast friday edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network